Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants. I've got a question for you out there. Are you 100 years old yet? Today, I've got a very special friend with me today. This is one of my dearest and oldest friends, Dr. Jeff Spencer. Jeff, I didn't mean to call you old, but well, oh, anyway. no, it comes with the territory. <laughs> Not 100, though. Not a hundred. Yeah. So what, what the heck am I talking about there? So Cleveland Chiropractic College is getting ready to celebrate its centennial. It's 100 years um, in education, which I happen to think is really important to the profession. And I invited you on here today, um, not because you're the president of the college or, or a teacher at the college, but you're the chair, chairman of the board, right? Correct. Chairman of the board. So you're the outgoing chairman. And our other, our other good friend, Dr. Patrick Hammond, so ironic, is the incoming chairman of the board. So we've got uh, good friends managing the helm of the college. So Jeff, I just thought we'd, we'd just talk a little bit about what the centennial is, what's going on, how the college is doing, and, and how all this is so important to the, the profession as a whole. Right. Well, happy to be here, first of all. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it is exciting to to have the centennial. I'm more excited to get to you back in town and and be able to I can't wait in on your lecture. So I can't um, wait. I think that um, one of the biggest things about a centennial for any institution, university, or otherwise, is that just having that longevity and being in the game that long alone is just a crazy period of time. And and of course, right. with something like chiropractic, so many changes. You know, wasn't even licensed. When, when the university got started, right. Dr. Cleveland's told this story many times that you never know what a knock on the door really meant. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that having one of the only universities that makes it 100 years in chiropractic still run by the founding family is also tremendous. It, um, it gives me chills. It gives me goosebumps, uh, seriously. To think it's about a lot. That. It's a lot to, to just consider. And what they went through as a family They've been very successful at it. They've been very good at it. The hard yeah. work is almost invisible compared to the success. Yes. And they're so, just amazing human beings. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, when we first started, so back in the 90s, it's the 1990s, by the way, for everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> um, we we had uh, Dr. Cleveland, Dr. Carl Cleveland III, his father, Carl Jr., was teaching philosophy still. Yep. And getting to meet him and talk with him and the opportunity to just be in the room with him. Um, and then Dr. Cleveland's leadership from there on forward in the class teaching philosophy. And all of us who are uh, listening to this probably had one of the Cleveland's teach every philosophy class that we had in chiropractic college. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been amazing to see the changes, but that having somebody who's really sound a little cheesy, but for everybody who knows me, my friends out there, I do have a wide cheese stripe um, <laughs> that he's legendary in the field. We, I think, have the opportunity here who are associated, affiliated closely with Cleveland University. We can take Dr. Cleveland a little bit for granted. And I think that's a mistake, but it's easy to do because he's always been there. He's a fixture at the college. He's been a fixture in our education and in our lives. But he's also the sought, the most sought after speaker right. in the chiropractic profession, I think, that we've had for many, many years. And so he's, he's, such, a, he's such a keeper of, of the history 
of yes. this profession. I mean, just sitting and having a conversation with him and the the amount of information from you know all the way back to 1895 that he's got just in his brain, let alone let alone in the uh, in the Cleveland uh, History Library. Yeah. It's just oh. he's amazing. No, walking heritage encyclopedia. Yes. Chiropractic for, for the college, but for chiropractic in general. And, and right. got to meet all these people firsthand for the most part. Right. Um, yeah, he, he had the expanded hard drive option, I think, from the factory. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The memory is incredible. And the things that he'll tell you about your first day in school. Why, why, oh my why gosh, remember I why you came to college and that uh, my mentor was Dr. Ken Swickard and that he had actually taught uh, at the college taught Gonstead. And I think mm-hmm. he was one of Dr. Cleveland's instructors, either as a clinician or instructor. Yeah, he probably was. So that, he, he'd say, oh, I know when Ken Swickard sent you and he let me know you were coming. And yep. I, I mean, that's, I have to sometimes stop and think about what, why, what day did I start? <laughs> well, and he um, does the same thing to me. I just saw him recently at uh, the Florida National Convention. And, uh, you know, he comes up and, oh, I remember the first day you started, it was such and such day and such and such year. And Chuck Eddie sent you to the college. I'm like, how do you remember that? Chuck, what a legend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still miss Chuck. Every time we're in the boardroom, it feels a little empty because we lost Chuck here a few years back. And yeah, he was a great man. Different ever since. He was a great man. He was a good friend of my father's. Um, Bob Hatton was too. And oh, okay. It, yeah, it was those two guys that got me to go to Cleveland. Well, yeah. you can't get a better reference, right? Than, than those two, I know. Right. It. I know it. So I have big shoes to fill. You know, when Absolutely. you talk about mentors, Absolutely. just Same like you here. did. So you know, one of the things that I think is is so cool about the centennial that Cleveland is uh, celebrating this year, it's it's really a celebration of the profession. And how founded we are in the longevity of our education, uh, our philosophy, because that's a huge thing at, at Cleveland is, and I know what it is at most of the schools, but it, it, Cleveland's so focused on the chiropractic philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I get chills just thinking about it. And, and I think it's just interesting that for a hundred plus years, more than a hundred years, we have held on and held tight to this philosophy and we held on to it through times when we really could have been busted up and done away with several times throughout our history. And here we are today. We're stronger than ever. The chiropractic college education has shored up so much. And now we're integrating and training other types of professions. I know Cleveland's got rad tech, uh, program and several others. And I, I love what you and I had been talking about earlier about the fact that that's allowing us to not only uh, integrate with them, but to immerse those people into the chiropractic lifestyle philosophy, getting adjusted, et cetera, while they're in school. So we're creating chiropractic evangelists, if you will, that are going to be out there in other professions. Exactly. And that's a great term for it. You know, if you if you have those people immersed in chiropractic as they're learning their trade, I think that can only help make future relationships. Absolutely. So uh, one of the others, we have OTAs and rad techs. We've Mm -hmm. got master levels programs as well. So chiropractic is always going to be the main item on the menu at Cleveland. 
But I think having a chance to branch out and add some additional services, we have the space, we have the staff, we have all the technology already there. But to be able to bring those folks in-house now and and help them with their trade and, and get them a profession that they can go out and practice on their own or in a hospital, those folks are always going to have a positive uh, idea of chiropractic. And, right. and that's, we know in traditional universities at some places in, in the United States, this is still the case where it doesn't always get a positive shake. I think right. there's, there's always been there some cooperation. There's always been some advancement even of the relationship between chiropractors and other practitioners. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are still always those places where, um, Old school folks live in fear of chiropractic, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it isn't a fear that that they would talk about this way, but it's a fear of affecting their practices or images, maybe in a way that they didn't want. Sure, um, we don't always have the answer, but I think that our box might be bigger from a philosophical standpoint and from a standpoint of of um, being able to look at the whole body. I think we've got training that's unique in that. So if if we can send folks out that are almost missionaries for chiropractic, but work in other fields, it's just planting positive seeds. And I know in your practice, you had a multidisciplinary practice. Mm -hmm. I have a a group next door to me that has a uh, medical based practice, but does wellness. And they do a lot of, um, they, they probably more hormone therapy than anything, Mm -hmm. but they have, a medical doctor in there who uh, comes in and sees people on sort of a, uh, like a club, um, sure. you know, a practice where they'll, they'll just schedule so many people in a day, or this guy works at another practice and will come over and see their patients when somebody comes in uh-huh. that sort of attention to detail. That's the sort of customer service. I think that chiropractors have always tried to give. Right. So we share patients back and forth from next door all the time. And it, it's like having a multidisciplinary practice without, without having to increase my real estate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that attitude of sharing patients and understanding your strengths versus weaknesses. Uh, I think that's tremendous for the profession. Yep. I think it really, in, in the end, benefits the patient a lot more. And so if we can sow those sort of relationships from the college, I think that just helps us and, and helps everybody envelop the healthcare process instead of be exclusive to it. It does, you know, and, and everybody's got their own lane, you know, whether they, whether you're a chiropractor or an orthopedic surgeon or a pediatrician, you know, whatever, everybody's got their own lane. And if we can start connecting our relationships better with other professions, then we're building not just a lane for our patients to have access to our type of healthcare. We're building a super highway with multi lanes of mm-hmm. access for the patients. And yeah. it does, it helps deepen the patient relationships. It, it helps create patient longevity. And I think that's what we're all looking for is retention. Yes. And yes. It's, those kind of things create better retention. I know in my practice, um, ironically, my practice was in the town where the Wilkes case actually started. Um, so, you know, the, the camaraderie between medical doctors and chiropractors when I got there wasn't the greatest. No. <laughs> and so, no. and so I did a lot of mending of fences and, and rebuilding a lot of those relationships. And what it did for my practice was absolutely amazing, almost counterintuitive because they helped me grow my practice. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I appreciate the fact that I don't think a lot of people understand the the value of what the chiropractic colleges are doing to the profession. Not only are they turning out current and relevant doctors, but they're creating access for other types of providers to get trained in that setting, like the rad techs and the OTAs. Um, but they're also our, our hugest, hugest, it's not really a word. Oh, I like um, it. I like it. Joanne would have made that word up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's our it's our biggest resource, really, for research, and mm-hmm. the research that's coming out of the colleges right now. I know Mark Pfeffer at, at uh, Cleveland. My gosh, the stuff he's coming up with—it's unbelievable. And you know, those are the things that are really helping build our profession and and strengthen our profession. Right. right. You know, yeah, and the more we get on the map, the better. So Absolutely. If some of that's through research and published research, especially, and Dr. Pfeffer is especially talented at, at making those inroads with with uh, publications, and yeah, even a lot of them now are are online publications. That right. if we get published in those, that just gives credibility, additional credibility to to Cleveland, but mm-hmm. really chiropractic in general. Absolutely, I, I think that that's helped a lot. Every time we publish something in Spine then I think we're a step ahead in terms of trying to show how hard we've worked at credibility and practice development, you know, and developing our craft. Right. And how much reality there is in chiropractic care and not just anecdotal evidence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were interesting in how we got started as a profession because we didn't start science-based. We started, we found something that worked and then we had to figure out how to show the science. Right. But I think that you own the philosophy first and the science comes. Now, what's interesting is we start that way in school at chiropractic college, too. You get philosophy your first trimester and you're not even sure what some of those things apply to. Right. Until later. And you start finding ways to plug that knowledge in. But I think if we keep philosophy as our key as a profession, I think our success will be ensured. You know, it's funny you bring up philosophy in the first semester. I remember Dr. Cleveland <clears throat> showing the safety pin cycle. And for the life of me, I just, I, I couldn't understand it. I mean, why are we using a safety pin to show how <laughs> our profession works? How mm-hmm. crazy is this? And I think it was about trimester three. I think I was in a neurophys class or something and I'm like, light bulb. Now yep. I get it. I now get it. it. Now yeah. it makes sense. Well, and it, so uh, probably Dr. Barlett was was the one teaching the neuro. He was. <laughs> um, he had a great way of getting that information into our downloaded into us, too, that we didn't always know we were going to need until later. Right. And some of those things. Because we didn't have, understand half of what he was talking about. Right. Exactly. Yes. And all the phases to learning that we have to do. So, you know, when you and I were in school and they had not really... Um, previous, probably if you went back 10 years, they, they had half of the boards that we had to take. And so, you know, our, my graduating year was the first year that we had part four, right? Nobody even knew how to study for part four at that point, which was, it turned out to be great for the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the more that we show capability and ability, then the greater that we'll have our reputation be. Yep. Um, and it's just all through results. Yeah. So absolutely. If, if we work with other medical professionals and we can bring other programs into the university, there there have been some folks over the years who have said, I don't think that bringing rad tech or having 
uh, occupational therapy assistants be taught at the chiropractic college uh, is in our mission. And they're exactly in line with our mission. So our goal really is that if we help educate people in the way of of, uh, helping patients improve their health, chiropractic Mm -hmm. will always be a central focus and tenet to that. Right. But I think like we were talking earlier, if these people come out and, and graduate and ha- already have this idea. So we're always looking at what what other programs could be added that would be helpful and how do they fit with chiropractic? And if they don't, they're not considered. If it's contrary to awesome. our mission and philosophy, they're not considered or not considered very long. So yeah, it's just such, such a progressive. I love I love how progressive Cleveland has been over the years, and and you know I know we're focused on Cleveland today because that's where you and I went. And I I wanted to talk a little bit about the Centennial, but a lot of the schools are are doing these same things. So you know whether you're a Cleveland alum or Palmer alum or Texas chiropractic alum, wherever, support your school, support the education system in this profession. I think that's. Absolutely hugely important. If you haven't been back to your school in a while, I know ours has changed. Um, Absolutely. You know, go back, go back every once in a while and just for a weekend, you know, if nothing else, go take a seminar on purpose at your alma mater or one of the others and see what the schools are doing. I think you'll be amazed. Um, And and I know the Centennial at Cleveland is going to be a blast. I can't wait. And it's just a few weeks away. And um. You know, this that's always an opportunity. Homecoming is always an opportunity to go back and see all your buddies, which is great. Yeah. But there yeah. are so much going on at the Cleveland Centennial this year. I mean, the, the list of speakers is incredible. I'm I'm completely blown away and honored by the fact that I'm even on the list. Um so it it's an amazing, amazing lineup. So I'm gonna just send out an invitation to everybody out there listening. If you need to pick up some CEUs and you want to go to a great chiropractic event. The Cleveland Centennial Homecoming, let's see, October 20th through the 22nd, right? Yeah. And the, the last day, that I think the 23rd is actually a golf tournament. That's right. The golf tournament on Sunday. There will be a great golf tournament on Sunday that they've been planning for a long time, too. Yeah. But, so come join us. You don't yes, have to be an alum that. to come. Um, if you are an alum, I'm going to twist your arm and make you come uh, to the event. So, um, <clears throat> But definitely, it's, it's going to be an event worth jumping into. And I know several of our members who are not Cleveland alums are coming down for the event. So great. Yeah. The more yeah. the merrier. And, Absolutely. And it's a great exposure to a lot of people that you wouldn't otherwise meet and see um, national speakers that come to town, yeah. <laughs> not all as famous as yourself, but <laughs> right. so, you know, some of the, some of the people that we've attended seminars and gotten to see and listen to for eight hours and paid to travel. Yeah. And they're all coming to us, you know, so the, the more we can utilize that, I think the better for all of us. But I think there are 36 individual speakers. Yeah. And uh, so the, the, lineup is huge. Speaking, huh? the lineup is huge. It is huge. Yeah. And, and not everyone is going to have <clears throat> we're, we're used to going to seminars where you've got a minimum of two hours, but sometimes 16 hours uh, in a weekend. And. This way, I think we'll have more exposure to more topics and mm-hmm. get to hear everybody's highlight reel instead of sitting through how to measure Cobb's angle one more time. Um, <laughs> nothing personal, Dr. Ben Stiles. Love your radiology <laughs> lectures. Um, but I think well, I'm that, making. I'm going to make sure he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Ben. Um, I, but and we all need to have all that the basics, the science, the re-education process, everyone needs refreshed on all those things. But hearing some of the things I think that can excite you from 
you know, a practice standpoint, patient retention standpoint, mm-hmm. um, ability to, to communicate maybe well with other healthcare practitioners. Those are things that we don't always have time to develop those skills or to learn in school. So if we make sure that we make time to do that in post-grad settings, then the more the merrier. You know, if, if we get a chance to see just the highlights of those folks that are coming, there's no way you're not going to walk away with something you plug in on Monday. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So make the time to join that event. I highly recommend it. Yes. Jeff, thank you for, for coming on today. This has been oh, a blast. My pleasure. That's yeah. been, yeah, this is the most time that we've gotten to spend together. Um, for a long a while. Time I know so, it. I know it. So I can't, can't wait to, uh, right. Yeah. Can't wait to, uh, see you guys at homecoming and, Anxious. uh, <clears throat> super proud of your, your tenure at Cleveland as chairman of the board. And, uh, you, you've done amazing work there and, uh, the, the college and the profession are better off for you having served in that position. So Thank, thank, thank you from all of us. That's very sweet. I appreciate so, that. Thank ladies you. and gentlemen, Dr. Jeff Spencer. Jeff, again, thank you for joining us today. And hey, everybody out there, if you want to take your practice to the next level, do one thing. Catsconsultants.com. Go on there and schedule a breakthrough call with me. Let's talk about your practice. Let's talk about where it is and where it could be. So thanks, everybody, for listening today to the Casey Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. We'll see you next time.